love it when a leader says, I have no interest in fashion, but I love that story. And I'm like, oh, you do have an interest in fashion because you're not naked. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. Today is another great day with another great guest. We have Alicia Goodwin with us today. Um, she is a Chicago-based jewelry designer, um, the founder, owner, creator, designer of Lingua Nigra. Welcome to the show, Alicia. Hi, Nicole. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for being here. I am so excited and so grateful that you took the time. And we're going to be mindful of time, so we're just going to get right into it. Okay. Um, so your work, um, it has a very modern old world vibe I, when I look at it I think of like almost like ancient Africa did you have um antiquity on the mind when you were you know creating your line um I would love to know where your inspiration comes from um thank you uh, my work it's kind of I feel like it's all over the place but what brings it together is um the, the gold the gold plating that I use um, I am inspired. I'm inspired by everything from all over, but uh, I really love um, Mesoamerican uh, ceremonial jewelry. Uh, so, and I mean, in general, ceremonial jewelry from all, from really from all over the world. But it's that 22 karat gold that they use that just, I, I just love it. And I, I, I'll love to hark back to those techniques too, because in jewelry, you can spend millions of dollars <laughs> you can yes. spend thousands uh on every single new tool they are there there are so many tools that you know they try to market and sell and tell you that you definitely need and you're like i do you're right i do need this um and i have to go back and say okay the folks that made my favorite pieces of jewelry didn't have electricity um did have like running water you know they were making this work for months at a time, um, and it's beautiful. You know, it's striking. They they didn't have uh, optic visors and flex shafts and just all the tools and everything that makes my work a little bit easier to do. And I think that 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 also helps in the hand and how everything like looks <laughs> yeah no you're right when you go to like you know in chicago like you know the um the natural history museum at any city honestly you'll see jewelry from uh thousands of years ago you know and yeah like, wow they were yeah. doing all of this work with metal back then you know who knows what the tools were right um are you self taught or did you actually go to school for design? Um, I took a class when I was a kid. I took a class at Kennedy King College when I, uh, it was a, a summer summer course, summer camp. Um, and I fell in love. It was like wire wrapping. We were, this man taught us, our teacher taught us how to make rings. We made rings for like two weeks <laughs> straight. And <clears throat> just to like get our hands familiar with how to work metal. Um, and I fell in love with it. And then uh, I think I was, I was in the fifth grade. And right before that, I was reselling mood rings. <laughs> so okay. after when I was in the I sixth love grade, I, I know, right? Woo -woo. 
I know, right? I know. Um, well, that turned all my classmates' fingers green, so they all wouldn't refund. So <laughs> that was like business one on one. And then sixth or sixth grade, I, I changed it up, and um, my mom would take me to Frank's Nursery and Crafts, which was ahead of its time. If there was a Frank's around, they would be they would be booming now, because um, it was a craft store and it was a nursery and it had plants and everything. So I would buy jewelry and um, jewelry supplies like beads and stuff, and I, I would make beaded jewelry for people and sell it. Um, but then I thought I was going to be a fashion designer. So I went to a lot of colleges and I, on it, the trajectory was to get to the Fashion Institute of Technology. So in New York. So I went to FIT um, and I studied fashion for two years. And uh, the way FIT is set up, uh, it's it's a community, it, it started as a community college. So it was always a two year college. Uh, and then, so they have upper and lower division. And um, once you do two years, you have to apply to get to the upper division, and that's your bachelor's program. And I realized I don't want to do this. There's no, I was applying for jobs, and people were just pretty much telling me they weren't going to hire me. So uh, I was, and, and the jobs that were available, the pay was ridiculous. Yeah. And, um, so I just thought, you know what, let me just stay in school for another, you know, minute. I really like jewelry. I'm always at the flea markets when there were flea markets back then, because there were so many flea markets in Chelsea back in the day. And this is like 2000. Um, uh, and I would always buy jewelry, always. And I thought, okay, the jewelry program is, if the, the department is right, the metals program is across the hall, let me try it out. And so I contacted the dean, had an interview, got accepted, had no, I no, like, <clears throat> I just, I didn't have a plan and I did it for a year. I don't know how, cause I had three jobs at the time and it was, it was a one year program. It was another two year degree, but it was a one year. Um, so it was four semesters and two, you're not supposed to work, but I didn't have a choice. Um, right. Right. And that goes into, you know, a lot of these, even me, like I, I went to school for journalism and ideally I wanted to be a fashion editor, but mm-hmm. a lot of these internships and it's similar for fashion are actually, you know, internships of, of extreme privilege, you know, mm-hmm. um, you have to be able to not work. So that mm-hmm. right there really counts out a ton of people of color, black women, you know, mm-hmm. things like that and so and that's why it's like someone who's wealthy who can put their child up in New York yeah yeah and have and not be able to work and take a Condé Nast or a Hearst magazine you know internship so you know people don't really talk about that part like who has access to these opportunities yeah yeah no it's totally and that's that is totally it because I was I was the, it was me and someone else. We were the youngest people in the program. And uh, I really bonded with, she's still, we're still friends. Uh, another classmate who had to work. <laughs> and I was fortunate, my mom paid for school up until I took jewelry. And then I was on my own. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, so... we get that. That's good. I mean, if you're from Chicago, first of all, shout out Kennedy King College. Right. Guys, go to all smaller schools, community colleges, all of those matter don't have to go to some you know big 10 school or something okay, like that no, no. in order to make it happen so let's just really talk about the hustle that you have right here right yeah so. yeah yeah and FIT is still affordable it's actually I've, I've, 
have a few degrees. I have um, two degrees from FIT, and then I went to Hunter <clears throat> more recently, uh, which is another, that's a city college. FIT is a state college, and it's okay. less expensive than the city colleges in New York, which is ridiculous. It, that's why it used to, and all the schools used to be free back in the day, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, that's another story. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I went to school for it, and then um, I graduated. And I thought, okay, I did, I really busted my butt to get this degree. Let me just stay in the field. And um, I, I, back back then, this was like pre, pre, really pre-internet-ish. People had the internet. Like I didn't have, I couldn't afford a computer. I didn't have a computer. This is before I had a, way before I had a smartphone. Um, people would post things up at uh, jewelry supply places. And the best one was like Metalliferous. And so people would post jobs on board. And I went to this, FIT had a literal job board. Now it's all online. Um, and I found a job. I worked for this woman for a year and change, um, making all of her jewelry. Um, goodness, making all of her jewelry and uh, just learning the do's and don'ts of what mm-hmm. to do in her apartment. She just bought a place in uh, Clinton Hill. Uh, this is like, this is 2003. Um, yeah, and I, I, during the sa- that same time, I started working on my own work which was just an not just an extension but it was an extension of what I was doing um in college and I really liked reticulation which is um it's it's the separation of the alloys so with a lot of metals if it's not like you have copper which comes out of the out of the ground as is Um, yeah you have gold which comes out of the ground as is but gold is too soft so you have to blend it with another metal Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's how you alloy and alloy is a mixture of two or more metals um, so I didn't have any money when I learned it in school and usually do it with sterling or fine silver um, but I did it with brass and apparently that's really hard to do um, but I, I kind of got the hang of it and when you reticulate you heat the metal up over time and put it in an acid bath and um, one one moment it's like just a flat layer and then another moment it starts to wrinkle and make these really beautiful ridges and valleys mm-hmm. um and then you can just make whatever you cut out different shapes and um yeah so that was a one technique and then acid etching which is a lot faster you just put it in acid um and make whatever textures you want um that just kind of became my signature so i was doing that on the side i was using her bench after after work yeah, and so what do you combine brass with if you're doing the alloy? Um, well, you you can buy you can buy the brass. I wouldn't make the I wouldn't make brass on my own because that oh, would got be it, got it. banana. Okay. Um, <laughs> that would be so time consuming. Yeah, you just buy um, you could buy brass sheet or um, brass sheet, uh, sterling silver sheet, and then you can heat it up. Uh, and the same with the, the acid etching, you know, you make your whatever design that you set in the acid. Um, yeah, so it was a lot of fun, a lot of experimentation. I'm fortunate to uh, have a signature like kind of early on. I feel like a lot of people don't know, you know, they play around with yeah. style. Um, so yeah, yeah, so that's that's what happened. So there there went fashion, like that went. And I also thought, I think it's it's a little bit different now, but I noticed like with fashion, it. I mean, with everything, it's who you know. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, 
we notice, especially at FIT, where it's way more of a technical school. Like they want you graduate, you're gonna get a job. It's all about getting a job. It's not about, and not in a bad way. Um, they teach you how to make everything, but it, it's kind of almost setting you up to be an employee forever versus um, having a business mindset, you know, like you don't have to do everything. Um, so I noticed that with, with even with jewelry, we had a few tiny business classes, but there were, you know, there were things lacking, um, but not as much as I noticed with fashion. Um, so yeah, let that, I kind of let that go, um, which is fine. I mean, I'm, 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 I, yeah, I just did the math on a lot of things. Like, okay, I could, I could sit and make this outfit. And I did that like the summer, actually 20 years ago, the summer, I, I, one summer I made um, several outfits for somebody for like $100 each. And I was so desperate. I really needed the money. I had to pay my rent. Um, and I thought about it. If I made jewelry that would take me a quarter of the time, I could have charged 10 times as more. And nobody would have said anything. Um, because fashion seems so accessible and so uh, easily uh, or low cost labor wise, um, yeah. it's not valued as much as it used to be, even if it's a custom thing versus jewelry where people, it's way more sentimental. Um, yeah, yeah, Th- things come from somewhere, guys. Like I know that like, you know, I was <laughs> listening to, um, to Nigerian designers talk about how emotional it is to go out and pick out the fabric Mm -hmm. and then have the pattern made and then what goes into making that piece and then ideally the thought process was I will own this forever Mm -hmm. maybe I would even pass this down Mm -hmm. and so we just have a totally different relationship and you know with the sustainable movement as flawed as it is I think people are at least hip to like okay maybe I should buy less keep longer you know mm-hmm. or, or swap it or or do other things with it because you know the fast fashion is almost it's definitely too fast it right? is too fast it's way too fast it's so disposable so yeah and and you get the same in jewelry but at the time it wasn't so wild like it wasn't but now it's all it's now it's all like blending but in my mind I was like okay maybe somebody will respect my work if I you know versus me making a dress that took me 15 hours to do uh and you know I could only charge so much versus a ring that might take me an hour and a half but still has the same heart in it um so I was thinking oh and it's easier to carry but you know there are a few things I mean and I, I mean, jewelry is my first love I thought it was fashion I really did but uh jewelry is mine that is my baby that is my that's my boo so I can tell it's your boo from your website <laughs> and all your other interviews um no people do they'll, they'll take a pause before they throw like a pair of earrings in the garbage they'll definitely right. take a pause mm-hmm. um can you share anyone that you worked under like their name like I interviewed a couple of uh, creatives and they they they're working for designers so high up that it was confidential so Ooh. I couldn't really say who they Ooh. worked for but um, is there anyone significant that you worked um, for you were like this kind of took my work to the next level um I worked very briefly for <laughs> for uh, people might not know his name but he has a lower price it's not it's it's a bridge line now of jewelry uh, uh Philip Cranji who is incredible and I didn't know our work looks similar when I interviewed with him um but uh his work he at the time he doesn't work 
in gold and steel anymore. He was working with like 22 karat gold and black and steel. And it was, it was so beautiful. Um, just as it just looks, it was just gorgeous. Uh, but now he has, he has another line. He's always had this other line, Giles and brother and with him and his sister. Yeah. Everybody. People know Giles and brother. Yeah. There's a lot of like metal. There's a lot of brass. Yeah. There's a lot of brass. Yeah. Um, so that's one, I mean, I've worked for, um, uh, well, the, the woman, she's not in business anymore. And ran, randomly, I saw her on the BQE in a car next to me years, like like two years ago, which was so random. Yeah. Um, but uh, other places, I mean, I've worked for Roxana Sulin, who used to have the um, company, her, her company name was The Angel, but now she just goes by her name, Roxana Sulin. I worked for her twice. Um, but then I've worked for other, I've, I've consulted, I've, I've been self-employed for uh, nine years. So, but before that, I was working under people, like I worked at uh, this place called Sequin, <laughs> which is a whole other story in and of itself. <laughs> because people will say, everybody's like, oh, every place is crazy. And like, no, jewelry's, jewelry's its own, it's its own thing. Um, and it's small, that, that industry is tiny. Uh, you, 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 you definitely work. I mean, it's, it's great because there's so many amazing people in it, but, um, it's tiny. It, it, it's really like, you definitely, you'll work with your friends a lot, <laughs> you know, you'll jump from one place to the next, so hopefully. Um, but yeah. And then when I've consulted and freelanced, I worked at like, uh, Nine West, uh, Juicy Couture right before they closed and got bought. Uh, that was, that was probably my, that was my, one of my favorite jobs hands down. I think just because I sat and drew jewelry in a corner and listened to podcasts all day. Um, yeah, I like that. I like the pause and being able to just kind of relax a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was no, it was no drama. That was the plus. There was two, two designers and a senior designer. Um, everybody was really like really, really talented. Um, and it was just, it was just chill. It was, you know, like no deadline. I mean, there were deadlines, but it wasn't, I needed this yesterday, you know? Okay. You have a week to work on it. Oh, wow. You're fast. Yeah, <laughs> I would hear I that a lot. In fashion, and you know, when you watch Devil Wears Prada, people, I think they get scared of fashion because it is a lot of like, it's kind of like unnecessary exploitation mm -hmm. or cattiness mm -hmm. that doesn't have to be present in the mm -hmm. workplace. And I don't know if that's just like their, you know, the identity of fashion is uh, this constant throwing shade at each other or being judgmental when you can mm -hmm. get so much more done if the environment you know is, yeah. is healthy and this is a cross industry so I hope that you know fashion grows up and learns that you know it's okay to take care of your people and be calm and kind to your people right mm -hmm. I, I I hope so I don't know if that'll because <laughs> they people think that everyone's dispensable and they are um and I've seen it and it just it, and I've worked at places where they've uh, fired people on the phone you know my first day and that just said the mood and the tone and I wasn't there that long because I and this is before I knew I had anxiety <laughs> like I, I you know I, I know my anxiety was that severe that I was so scared I kept on messing up because I was like oh my they're gonna call me on the phone and fire me and that's that's pretty much what happened um yeah. because I saw you know you're you're letting somebody go who's with you for several years on the phone <laughs> and not yeah, like having a conversation because you think they did something wrong. You know, it was just interesting. But I will say all of those things, I mean, some I didn't need to go through, but they definitely taught me how to be 
a better person and if and when because I always knew I wanted to work for myself eventually I mean I really always just wanted to work for myself um, yes how to not do you know how to just be open and upfront and um uh just how to be a better person an employer like you don't you don't have to talk to people a certain way you don't have to do certain things you can pay people of a, a, a you know money <laughs> right a fair wage right well yeah you know, I mean thank god you survived and came out on the other side and it didn't sometimes that ruins creativity oh, too yeah. you know like you can't even concentrate on creating because you're wrapped up in politics and what have you um but i love this um kind of boost you got from uh creating work for the smithsonian's um, national museum of african-american art um how did that what did you make for them like how did that come to be um it's so funny people ask this and i just think that uh first i, I well i don't think i think them having um all of, or majority black designers was an afterthought <laughs> okay uh which is not good um <laughs> yeah i i had a random conversation with the then head of the museum uh lonnie professor lonnie bunch who's amazing and incredible and um so personable uh and you know he said he has to suggest that and i was like what <laughs> Um, but it's great. I think somebody just Googled black jewelry designer because somebody hit me up like on my contact form, you know, like they didn't even, it wasn't a personal email and they asked for samples and, um, yeah, they asked for samples because they were just going to, I guess, spread them out on the table to see what might fit in the store. And this before, excuse me, this is before the, the shop opened. And um, I, I made the cut and that was, uh, I just posted it on Facebook. That was like, what, five years ago? Five years ago this month, uh, June 10th. June 10th is when the museum opened, I think. Wow. Yeah. You're in the, you're in the gift shop? I'm in the gift, yeah, I'm in the case in the gift shop. I'm right next to one of my good friends too. That was really, that was really great. I um, mean, we both do really well. And I don't think, I, I think, you know, nobody anticipates uh, how well something will do until it happens and the buyer at the time was like can you can you send more stuff we just sold out I was like uh no <laughs> that's not how it is. I don't have I don't have inventory like nobody really has inventory for wholesale you know you don't just hold on to that correct so, yeah um, you can't just sit on it you it has to kind of constantly be moving right right so yeah at the, I was like I can give you know you have so many weeks but after they realized how well I was doing and how well other people were doing and they weeded out the other picks. So I'm happy I made it. Um, and then the buyers changed a few times and now the they know, they're like my favorite buyers. Um, I'm spoiled by the Smithsonian. From that, I got into the catalog, um, uh, the Smithsonian catalog. And then um, uh, they. I, I'm also in the Hirshhorn Museum of, Museum of Modern Art, which is right down the street. Um, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's great. People always tell me, like, you know, I saw your work in the museum shop, and I want to get more. Um, we've always talked. It's hard because museum shops want to make, want to have like one of a kind things, but then it kind of just falls on the wayside. Because I'm all about that. I would love that, or just make exclusive things for them. Because um, I'm, I'm since I collect art and work. I would love to do more exclusive things, but it just never, it either never, it just doesn't come to fruition that often. Yeah. Um, I, I also, just because 
you know, I was stalking you a little bit online, um, as I do, the summer of 2020, when you saw a boost in sales uh, after um, George Floyd's murder, and it was, uh, you know, we're at the height of Black Lives Matter, Mm -hmm. um, and then the shift of it kind of dying down, you know, what black business obviously it shouldn't be a trend it shouldn't be just about hype um but i want everyone listening to know that you know everything you went through from school to moving to being an apprentice to being someone's assistant all of these hills and valleys right are just necessary for the entrepreneurial process and so i I would love to hear like your feelings around you know this kind of uptick of like buying from black business but then also buying one thing i don't think people should get you know a cookie or a trophy or a pat on the back for buying one thing from a black business right it's so much bigger than that it is it is so (laughs) it is so much bigger um yeah last last year was bananas i would just dm um some of my girlfriends and we were just like what is going on Mm -hmm. you know between that and like uh, i would just see uh, I think I got like a thousand followers every day for like a week and a half. And um, and then just hearing the constant cha-ching until I had to like just turn off my phone. You know, <laughs> it went from, oh, this is we cool. We love to, that like, cha-ching. <laughs> I know, it went from like, this is cool to like, oh wait, I had to fulfill all these orders and it's COVID and I can't have anybody in my studio like that. And this is, this is okay. This is, this is great. This is crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those, I, it's just hard because one as a jeweler you think that there's always an oversight you think or you come to believe there's an oversaturated market you know and that that's with a lot of different um uh uh, uh avenues or you know um but and then you realize you know you just need so many people to buy your work to make a living and i've been really fortunate i've, I've done okay before this but that that boost was it was it was good i was able to like pay off things i bought a car <laughs> yeah we, um, like, we which, like wheels i mean not that uh, the l isn't proficient but, oh you know, goodness i'm old. i know i'm i'm spoiled i'm spoiled by new york trip i was i mean i was in new york for my entire adult life so i i'm not used to the hour plus commute it takes to get somewhere that should have been a 15 minute drive which is mm-hmm. totally different in new york you know you could drive it'll be an hour drive or 30 minutes on the train that's exactly. how it should be <laughs> so um but yeah we needed a car so that was perfect it kind of worked out um so uh yeah it, it was good now i'm just trying to it's weird trying to kind of bring back a tiny, like a fraction of that momentum. I mean, last month I had, a year ago I had a thousand orders in, in yeah. a month. So that was a lot, you know, cause that, that was what I, that was what I would fulfill in a year, in a month. So wow. yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, I, I would, would love to tell people to like, you know, keep it up and uh, just keep on supporting. I know it's, it's, it's a lot. It was a lot for, for, and then, you know, you're kind of grieving and mourning this person's public uh, death and murder um, while you're trying to fulfill orders, while you're trying to uh, have demanding people who just found you, you know, they want their stuff now and the post office was messed up. So that, yeah. was, you know, it was just all these things. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I'm, I've def, I've been here. I've, I've, I'm, I'm super OG. I mean, I've had my business before. I always say 2007 because that's when I started on Etsy. But I mean, I was making and selling my work before that. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. It's tricky. It's tricky. I mean, it, it definitely opened opened a lot of it opened a lot of doors, but it should have opened. Like I see my colleagues who aren't black and they they get this all the time <laughs> yeah they get a boost all the time yeah i yeah. i want to talk to you about about that so then you you got this big boost but then everyone's amazon trained right so they're used to getting everything same day next day asap um and i hear a lot of black designers talk about like this supply chain or someone who makes beauty stuff and you know if you truly support local it's a possibility you're not going to get it tomorrow oh man yeah yeah that (laughs) that was i mean oh i always say this like i have amazing incredible clients and customers and they have been really good even during that time you know i was sending out mass emails to several hundred people at a time like okay i'm packing your orders like it's just me um please be patient and then when stuff would come out it it got delayed or you know they just fell off the face of the earth you couldn't track them anymore um and people were really good you know they if they they were fine uh for the most part thankfully um there were maybe maybe 10 people not even i don't even want to say like less than 10 people who had a real issue, you know, like one woman said, oh, uh, this set the shipped, um, but I, I see it hasn't moved. And if it doesn't ship by tomorrow, there's going to be a problem. What problem is there going to be? <laughs> who are you talking to? Also, where are you going uh, in your earrings in COVID? There's Hello? Be Hello? <laughs> like, and because people think that, like, we're some kind of, like, my, my one friend said this, or she would say this all the time on, on Instagram, like, I'm not running a scam. I'm not taking your money. Also, it's like a hundred dollars. Are you serious? <laughs> like, if I'm smart, I would do a bigger scam than that. But, um, right. <laughs> like a hundred dollars per person. It's so much work. So, um, yeah, I think, I think even when people's Amazon order started slowing down, um, then I think they, people understood like, this is, crazy because we don't understand that supply chain and it's incredible we have this amazing postal system that a lot of countries don't they don't have like you might get it you might not not that's not how it is here and i will say like things get lost they usually end up like even if it takes months they'll end up they'll get to the other side and if it's if it's non-deliverable it comes back to me that doesn't happen with ups because that's what with the smithsonian my first delivery, you know, I sent them like a lot of one of one of a kind stuff to look at. It didn't get there. I didn't get that stuff back. It was just lost, quote unquote. And they gave wow. me, yeah, yeah, they gave me money for it, but it wasn't the value of the box. And that's why I realized I wouldn't like don't ever send anything over the value. You need a, a separate insurer, people. You have to get a separate separate insurer for things over fourteen hundred dollars. They don't tell you that. So, yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a pro tip. I hope <laughs> you guys are listening and learning. Um, so I always ask, I love to ask designers and creators and just bosses in general, um, you know, what do you love about being, you know, in this business, in the jury business, but also I'd love to hear like what you, what you don't like <laughs> and, don't, and don't hold back. Oh man. Um, what I love. Oh my goodness. Well, when I was doing, sh- and it's funny because I don't like doing shows, but uh, when I was doing shows, I love meeting other 
jewelers. I love meeting other makers. There's just something about someone who's extra creative. And no shade on people, because I also feel like everybody's creative. Everybody can be a maker or a designer, even just a hobby. Um, But somebody who really puts it out there and who's really serious about it is just so, it's just a different kind of uh, person. And uh, it's just a different like vibrational level uh we 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 just get to talk about stuff because sometimes your your close friends who aren't makers they don't get it they don't even know what you do you know they don't think you make any money that's the funny part um but they don't want to hear you know about tax laws or (laughs) (laughs) they don't or or packaging like they don't want to hear that but you can talk to your friends who are creative or other jewelers about packaging for hours and it's fun, you know, and exchanging information because I love to share. Uh, that's like one of my favorite things. I love to share resources. I love to put people on things. Um, and it's just nice to have like this community of friends and makers. And we're not competing because there's room, you know, um, for all of us. And yeah, those are those are those are my favorite. And you know, shopping for things um, with people. <laughs> um, yeah, there's room I, for I, everybody. Yeah, there, so I think a lot of people get nervous about competition. Like, oh, who's gonna want my stuff? You know? Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's room for you know, just be be original. Um, be the thing is, it's hard. Like, I, as much as I do love to share. I, I do, I get standoffish when somebody comes to me with like a pad and like a notepad or like a voice recorder. Like, just tell me everything you know without doing their own research or um, somebody DM'd me. They follow, they they probably don't follow me anymore. Um, they followed me and they said, and her, her thing was private. Oh, hey, um, I'm having a hard time with my jewelry. I don't know how to promote it. I don't have any followers. I'm not getting any sales. Can you sell your stuff or can you sell my stuff on your Etsy page? For me and oh <laughs> i was like excuse me did you just i girl, i don't know you <laughs> yeah i don't know you like that with your private page with Bye. your private page i was like i don't i don't know and maybe she because i do promote like my friends or we'll do collabs or i'll do giveaways and stuff and i'm like but I, you 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 don't come out asking somebody like that and i can't even see your work like i can't stand behind it you know what if you're a scammer yes. um so those are those are the things I like. The things I, I mean, uh, the things I don't like. <laughs> um, mostly, I mean, it's 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 a it's a it's a hustle, um, and I'm I'm fine with that. But you know, not knowing, I do I do projections and I do do um, monthly goals for my business because I have yeah. to. I'm now a salaried employee. I'm. Um, I'm I'm an LLC, but I'm I'm a, a S corp, so I I have a salary. So I mean, I have to make sure that there's enough money in my account um, where I'm paying myself, but also paying my bills, and I have enough liquid assets there. Yeah. So um, knowing that, you know, making sure that I'm I'm promoting a lot, which is tiring for me. I don't want to keep on sending newsletters, but I like to talk, so I, I, it's fine. But I don't want people to think that I'm always just selling. Um, doing shows is a lot um and by shows i mean like trade shows um trade shows wholesale shows uh retail shows like renegade or west coast craft Um, i love attending and like after the setup but getting there um you know with my luggage and stuff it's a lot it's a lot um i mean fortunately 
And if it's not a good show, that just gets really yeah, you hard. Yeah, you You're like, did I waste my time? Did I waste my resources, my money? Like, you could have been maybe doing something else with those resources. Yeah. Yeah, yeah especially when you do a show. And, I, like, I've done shows, but I've never been super successful on the East Coast, even though I lived there my entire adult life. Um, I will do a show, and I would make more online. Like, you would just hear cha-ching online. <laughs> I'm like, right. wow, I really could have been at home. Okay, that's cool. Wrapping up orders, right? Right. So um, that's that's you know it's it's like a money thing and like always struggling to uh, uh, find a balance between work and rest and trying to design the next thing Um, and not even the next thing. Like I have so many ideas in my head, but I'm either doing production or I'm like really really just tired. So I'll just chill out. Um, so yeah, there, there. It's, it's, it's trying to. I'm trying to be better at it, and really trying to, especially from last year when I was just working, working, working. But I, I asked for it. Like I feel like I, you know, I, I said in 2019, I traveled over 20 times, and I said I didn't. I don't want to. Like I, I miss my friends, and I'm happy to go to New York and go to San Francisco because all my New York friends are spread out now. Um, go to LA. Go all over. Cause I I can see all my friends, um, but I'm tired. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't tired is real, and rest is extremely important, especially for entrepreneurs, because it's all on you. So it's a lot mm-hmm. more. There's different kinds of stress involved with that. Um, but I want to be mindful of your time because I appreciate it so much. Your time and energy. Um, what is next for Lingua Nigra? Like, what is what's the vision? And then just let everyone know how to find you and follow you and all of that good stuff. Oh man, um, I keep on saying it, so I'm gonna do it eventually. I'm supposed to be doing that right now. I'm like gluing up work. Um, I want and will be making larger pieces, more like um, spiritual wall pieces, wall hangings, um, altar pieces. Um, so that's, that's the plan just to make like larger home things for your home and things for you to connect with even more, especially for people who love my work, but don't wear jewelry. Um, Mm -hmm. and I just came out with like a new container. I make like little tiny containers. Um, and this one's bigger. Uh, so I'm just trying to work with that and kind of trying to get a better manufacturer, not a better, a different manufacturer for maybe bigger things. Um, so yeah, that's hopefully, hopefully I'll have a bigger space much sooner, um, with some people doing things for me. Um, yeah, we love those, some lifestyle goods. I definitely have a very full altar. Um, so if you're working <laughs> on your altar, like I'm going to go back to your site and see what's going on with, uh, you know, the home goods. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we all want to obviously like everything, follow you, you know, all of that good stuff. How do we do that? Um, you can, I'm, I live on Instagram more than I care to admit. Uh, I am on Instagram at Lingua Nigra, L-I-N-G-U-A-N-I-G-R-A, means black tongue, <laughs> really black hairy tongue. Uh, and I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm not really on TikTok, but you can find me on TikTok. Uh, but I, I really live on Instagram and my site is uh, linguanigra.com. And yeah, all my work is there. It might say sold out. If it does, just message me. I haven't done inventory. My, my, my person hasn't come to do inventory. Um, and that's all my fault. So yeah. yeah. Well, we know how it is when you're <laughs> solopreneuring 
and we appreciate you. Thank you so much for speaking with You Have to Wear Something today. Um, I think this is going to be such a good episode for those out there who think there's no space for them. And, um, you know, of course, you know, my my heart is pumping for Black creatives, right? And Chicagoans. Yes. So thank you. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing everything that you do in the future. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole. This is fun. I love your podcast, by the way. Ah, thank you. Well, <laughs> well, have a wonderful afternoon. Okay, you too. Okay, bye. Bye.